Thank you for listening to Altered Course. This is episode five in our series on artificial intelligence and how it impacts education. We get pretty teachery in this episode, so if you have no clue what we're talking about, maybe go back and start on episode one. And if you're not a teacher and you're wondering what we're always whining about, then it's really important that you give this one a listen. Enjoy! Oh, blow the man down, bullies, blow the man down. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Altered Course. We are navigating new directions in education. I am Beth Portree, and I am here with my brother. Chris McAloon. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about the mumblings of a fear we've been hearing throughout the education community since ChatGPT was released. And that question is, will AI replace teachers? I'm looking for a sound from you. Just a oh, spooky, that sound. spooky do, 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 sound. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Great. Good job. Was that, it is, was that the noise you were going for? That was what is I was that, that, <laughs> that, uh-huh, that, uh-huh. that hit the mark. All right. We joke. <laughs> but it is a valid fear. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Uh, there are so many professions that are concerned about the right that this right now there's an entire strike in Hollywood demanding protection against this fear there's authors talking about it artists and so I want to talk about AI replacing teachers but we can't talk about AI replacing teachers until we really understand the job of a teacher so I have an experiment for us today an experiment yeah like I always I always do I like to keep you on your toes so okay I've got two cups that I'm putting in front of the camera so you see it. I see, I see I see that you have two cups. Those are Great. very pink. Those are very pink cups that you have. They're Barbie themed. My friends really like them. Oh, they are Barbie themed. That's they change colors. Timely, fancy thing. Yeah. Um, that our podcast audience is really enjoying right now. The hot I want to preface with the fact that I do not have children. This is just for... <laughs> parties with my friends <laughs> these are barbie cups exclusively for adult friends they change colors <laughs> silly straws are included oh lord <laughs> sometimes oh, again recurring themes beth trying to make friends <laughs> haikus about cheese fries and hot pink barbie cups it works people <laughs> people very much enjoy Turns out making adult friends is very similar to making <laughs> third grade friends and inviting them over for your Barbie themed birthday party. True. <laughs> Not wrong. So okay, okay I've got these Fantastic. two cups. I've got these two cups. One okay. is full of water. One okay. is empty. So we're gonna consider this like a teacher's energy bank for a day, right? So imagine like a video game, you got like Boop, 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 boop. You know, like the energy bank. More, that's more noises with our mouths. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you just about the, a typical day in a teacher's life, which if you're not married to a teacher or are a teacher, you probably don't fully understand everything that goes on mm-hmm. in a day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just am going to pour a little bit of water out of the cup into the other cup. And we're going to see how long it takes for a teacher's energy bank to be depleted. 
Um, okay. All right. Depleted it is. Okay. Now what, now where do you want me to go here? Are we talking young teachers, old teachers, teachers of the little ones like kindergarten? We talking high school? What are we talking? Let's stick with high school since that's where, where our wheelhouse is. Okay. Um, And maybe like just, you know, a typical, you've been teaching for a while, you're a veteran, but you've got, you know, you're not like, you don't have it all figured out. Gotcha. You've been teaching for like five years. Let's go there. Okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. Okay. All right, you want me to do this thing? So we're we're starting yeah. in the morning, right? Okay, I wake up, do my morning routine, whatever that morning routine is for you to get dressed and go to work. Go to work. When I arrive, I will walk in and unlock my door, turn on my computer, all those things. I likely have some type of meeting to start the day, be mm. a meeting or something like that. We're going to talk about teaching and learning of some kind. Then I'm going to leave that meeting. I'm going to come back to my room in time to watch the hallway as students arrive. So I have some sort of arrival duty, be that watching the hallways, watching a door or watching buses. Then as students come in, I am talking to students as they walk in saying, hi, welcome, glad you're here. All of that jazz, watching the halls, monitoring students as they come in, uh, maybe checking in with students that I know I need to check in with. I might have a little list in my head of the two or three kids I need to talk to before first period starts. Then as students arrive into my classroom, I'm going to come in. They're going to start in on some sort of bell ringer activity, something that I have prepared to keep them busy as the the period gets started, maybe introduce a concept or review a concept from last time. And while they are doing that, I'll begin taking attendance. So I'm taking Mm. attendance for that period. I may also take a glance at my email to make sure nothing was sent out during that morning period of time to know that I, I don't have something that I missed about the students that are in my room. As I'm taking attendance, I am going to probably speak with one or two students about something. Could be missing homework could be maybe a role I want them to play during the lesson, you know, that type of thing. Once the students are settled and we have taken attendance and I've dealt with anyone who is late or dealt with anything from the day prior, we'll begin the lesson. And so that lesson for the day is going to involve, you know, some sort of introduction or setup, some sort of student activity, and then some sort of assessment at the end of that to figure out who knows what. During all of that, I'm checking in on the learning as it's taking place. I am listening and looking for evidence that students are, A, doing what I want them to do, and B, learning what I want them to learn. Once the period comes to a close, we will likely have something to kind of wrap things up, bring it all back together. Then the kids will pack up, and I will probably check email again just really quickly before they leave the room, make sure there's nothing I missed. Maybe send an email or two if I can sneak that in right then. And then as the bell rings, we're going to sneak out the door and stand and monitor the hallway again. So now I'm monitoring hallway and checking in on kids and those types of things. Reminder, no no bathroom break. No bathroom no. break yet. No, 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 no. So now during the passing period, I am monitoring. I am checking to make sure everything's going well, making sure no one's doing anything crazy. And we rinse and repeat, right? So then kids are coming back in. We start in with the bell ringer. We go in with attendance and we start the lesson and that type of thing. If I'm teaching a different class during that time period, it might look different, have different feel, different content, different ideas, but the pattern's pretty much the same. And I rinse and repeat that depending on your schedule, anywhere from four to eight times. What time, um, what time is it right now? Like we're second period. 
it depends on your schedule, but if you're like an eight block or seven, seven period day, you're probably looking at like eight 30 in the morning. If we're talking water, do I have left? I can't see yeah. it entirely, but I'm guessing a it's little like, less than half. It's like half, half, and it's half like the cup. <laughs> at 8.30 in the morning, maybe just, 9 if you're a block schedule. It's like 9 o'clock. Um, all right, so you go through one or two more blocks of that same pattern, and then you end up at your lunch period where you might be able to sneak in a sandwich or something while you are calling f- home for the one or two students that you need to call about or touching in with a guidance counselor about one or two things that need to be caught in about or emailing your administrator because you have something that you need to address. You add in additional fun if you have like, an air conditioning problem in your room or you're missing desks or you have too many kids or sometimes you might have you know a student that you have a discipline issue that you have to deal with or tardy count that you have to report or some sort of data that you have to provide about the students that you have Um, oh i should also mention if you have students with any type of language needs or special learning needs you may have a case conference or you may have something that you have to attend to discuss um, those students needs Then right after lunch, you're going right back to your room and rinsing and repeating, right? Mm -hmm. So then you're back in the hallway, you're monitoring and you're welcoming kids to the room. And then as they come to the room, you're getting started again and you're doing all the things. Yeah. And then maybe prep period. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. So you might have a prep period during your prep period. You're probably preparing things for the next day, making Mm -hmm. some copies, Again, replying to emails, calling parents, if you have some parent phone calls to make, contacting a guidance counselor, administrator about the things that have happened during the day or maybe the day prior, following up on student communication. You you know, these days you probably have a couple of emails from students about different things. You have to follow up on that. And you might even, if you're really on it, on it, you might squeeze in a little bit of grading during the day. Mm. Now, that's a very rare bird. That is like one and maybe eight teachers if (laughs) that's like i've really got it together like Like, you got your crap together (laughs) if you are grading during prep you've high fives all around right but you also might have a meeting i had you probably do have a meeting it depends on the prep but yeah you might you might have a meeting about other things might maybe even a plc depending on on how your schools are set up so then the day is going to end. You're going to go back out. You're going to monitor your your school buses. You're going to check on things. If you're a coach, you're heading out to practice, getting things started at practice. You have your whole plan for for what's happening at, at practice. There's the administrative side of coaching and the actual like what's happening at coaching. If you're in performing arts, it's kind of similar, but same concept, right? You're going to, to those practices. And then when all that wraps up, you try to get a bite to eat, get home and get grading because you don't want to get too behind on your grades or you're going to hear about it. So you got to grade all night until you go to bed and fall to sleep and wake up and do it again. Oh my gosh. I just want to name, I think I, I was being very generous. I was pouring very little splashes. <laughs> yeah, just splashes. <laughs> and I, I think that my energy bank was depleted at about 1245 PM, which feels yeah. about right for. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I mean, research wise, we know that the teachers are sleep deprived and, and zombified by about week number three. Yeah. Week three is when zombified teachers really, really takes effect. And most teacher, new teachers with new teachers are going to resign. It's going to happen in the months of September and October. That is when uh, people just tap out, right? Especially new teachers. So it's real. It's a real thing. So going through that, going through that day, how did you feel? What did you think? 
It's, it is crazy. It, it is like going through that. Like, you, I don't know. I think back on my time in the classroom and uh, you're just constantly, constantly sprinting, trying to make things happen. Right. Yeah. If you're trying to do it right now, there are plenty of teachers that don't do it right. If we're being honest, right. There's, I, you know, you don't have to go that hard. Well, and it's not even like you're not doing it right. It's like you're surviving, right? Yeah, you you could go in and coast and not not press and not get all those things done, right? Yeah. But if you're doing the job right, it's very, very challenging and very taxing. I remember my first year teaching when I worked in downtown Phoenix, You, I had like an outdoor campus. It was like not in the best neighborhood yeah no it was crazy it was nuts where you were that was i i'm i'm convinced you were trying to actually like make our dad go nuts like he was very stressed (laughs) he was extremely stressed about the whole situation like not only did you like just up and leave and go to phoenix but you went to phoenix and you're like i'm gonna teach in phoenix okay that's great we're gonna teach like the most crime ridden inner city (laughs) area of phoenix that has the roughest like kids Oh, oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you calling me at or texting me before you went to bed and being like, you have to leave now. Like it was like three hour time difference, right? So like set, I feel like it was always around like 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And you would call me and be like, are you in your car yet? Okay, you're going to turn off your lights to your room. You're going to lock your door. You're going to stay on the phone with me and you're going to walk to the, your car right that's now. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> like, right. Because yeah. and- your job is never over. As a teacher, yeah. and it feels yeah. sometimes impossible to quit, to finish, to say like, okay, this day is done. I'm closing the books on it, and then we're going to come back to it the next day. No doubt. And that's really hard for young teachers, especially young teachers coming through our education system where, you know, getting an A is kind of how you end up becoming a teacher, right? You're like, yes. you're into checking boxes. You really enjoy submitting assignments on time, and you really like being part of this system where you are, you know being compliant and doing all the things that are expected of you. And you run into a situation where you can't, you cannot get all the things done that you need to get done each day. Right. It's not possible. So yeah. the the job becomes, how do I manage and maintain the things that have to get done, the things that it would be good if they got done and things that like, it would be super sweet if this got done, but eh, you know, and, and that's a really, really hard skill to, to, to gain, right. And how Mm -hmm. to build, you know, a lot of, a lot of great teachers become experts at building systems, right? You got to build systems to do everything. Everything's a routine. Everything's a system. Everything kind of works in unison to make Mm -hmm. things happen. Cause if you just kind of do it to, to, you know, if you just write it all down and try to check all the boxes, it's not going to happen. And if you're working in, inner city Phoenix and there's not security on campus and you're leaving late at night and you're a young teacher, you know, this sounds like I'm being overly protective or maybe even overly dramatic about where you were. It's, it's not that like you were safe, uh, yeah. but late at night, you're not, that, that's just yeah. the reality of the neighborhood you were in. It was unlikely yeah. anything was going to happen to you, but it could. Yeah. And being there trying to check all the boxes until 11 o'clock at night, wasn't going to make a difference. You needed yeah. to go home. You need yeah. to go home at that point, you know? And and I think that there's two parts and I like that you named systems. Cause I think there's like that administrative piece of planning lessons, facilitating lessons, getting the emails written, the attendance taken, the grading, all that stuff. And there's that emotional part as well that I think takes a lot of energy out of teachers too, which is the coaching, the checking in, the having the conversations, the having the difficult conversations, calling parents, right? Like all of that takes a lot of emotional energy 
And so I think that there's there's those two that kind of have to work simultaneously together that take mm-hmm. up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's very easy for, you know, if you think of like the urgent versus the important, right? Yeah. The important teacher tasks are connecting with kids, having conversations mm-hmm. with kids, working with kids in the hallway, working with kids in the classroom, facilitating great lessons. I mean, that that's teaching, right? That Those are the teachable moments that we're all in it for, right? And then there's the urgent stuff, the, you know, taking attendance, the grading, the, you know, and depends on grading and how you go about grading. Like there's some grading that is very detailed, intimate, and important to provide feedback to students. So don't get me wrong there. But in our society and the way we do school in the United States, I would, this is not research-based. This is Chris McAloon flying off the handle. (laughs) My guess is 65 to 75% of grading is uh, probably more than that. It's probably more like 85% of grading is not needed in terms of actual feedback for students. Right. Like, Listen to our last episode if you'd like to learn more. <laughs> absolutely. Like they're not, we're just, we're just making crap up, you know, yeah. like, it, and it's fine. And you put a number on a paper, someone looks at the number and they throw it away. You know, mm-hmm. that that's 85% of grading. And so it's a lot of time and energy put into something that is not important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Not so important. that's a great transition. Artificial intelligence, this fear of replacing teachers what are your thoughts on that? Because I like thinking about it as important versus urgent work. And I wonder where do you think artificial intelligence fits here? So, so one, I, I think the, the fear of teachers being replaced by artificial intelligence is legitimate, particularly at higher in higher education. Right. Mm -hmm. If you think in terms of like using AI as a learning tool, I think that is something that is real. And so you know, there are some things that in AI right now is a little funky. It, it, it does get things wrong and makes things up. Right. But that's not going to last forever. You know, the, these things are developing, they're getting better. Like eventually AI is going to be more accurate than any human on 99% of human knowledge, right. Of all of human knowledge. So once we kind of hit a certain threshold, eventually the AI will in fact be a better source of knowledge and information than even the best experts, right? Mm -hmm. But what AI can't do, what it lacks is the empathy side, right? It's that human connection. It's being able to teach a student how to ethically think through problems and how to work together to solve a problem, how to uh, connect with other human beings, right? Those are all things that AI can't do. And as such, that becomes really the role of the teacher, right? It's not going to be a one-to-one replacement. It's not that AI replaces teachers. I think AI will begin to replace part of what the teacher does. Mm -hmm. And the low-hanging fruit are things like, you know, those administrative tasks we talk about. The technology even exists today. I mean, we're not talking about like future thinking. I mean, this is stuff that exists right now that we could turn on and it could do these things, right? So if it, it starts to replace those administrative tasks, it frees up time. And I think that's what you're wanting to get to. Like, yeah, you talk about that teacher day and you start crossing out some of those things that AI can do. And now that teacher day becomes far more manageable, right? Yeah. So I and, think, yeah. So I think the question is then, rather than will AI replace teachers, what can AI do to fill up their energy bank? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So how, how can we how can we change the role of teacher? 
So we have more human-centered classrooms. We have teachers doing a human-centered job and, and kind of rethinking what we do. You know, learning outcomes, for example, right now are pretty strictly knowledge-based, right? Like we try to vary them a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's about what you know when you leave here, right? Mm-hmm. Little bit of what can you do, but mostly what do you know, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we start to shift that into less of what you know, because now knowledge is available everywhere and Mm -hmm. interchangeable. And a lot of what can you do and what can you do in the real world has a lot to do with doing things with each other, right? Like plug for haiku and cheese fries episodes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. See episode three or whatever. So, so, so you, you start to see that change. And I think that dynamic starts to change between, you know, what are the learning outcomes we're aiming for? What are the institutional pieces we have in place to cause those learning outcomes? And what is the role of the human Mm -hmm. adult, the teacher in the room in that system? And that's different than the system we currently have. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know if any of y'all, I'm kind of obsessed right now with Conmigo, which is Khan Academy's new tutoring chatbot. And truly, Conmigo can tutor a kid, every student, at the same time, better than I can as a teacher. Yeah, available 24-7, 24-7, So how does my world change as a teacher from I'm trying to personalize learning for every single kid and find things that relate to every single kid? Like the computer does that for me now. Now, what can I do? What kind of check-ins can I have with my students? What kind of conversations can we have about that learning? How can I assess that learning authentically and, yeah. well, and, and have part them of showcase it, that? 100%. Part of it is what is the role of the knowledge that Conmigo is providing and, and right. helping students work through, right? And what are those learning outcomes we want from Conmigo? And then what are the learning outcomes or the skills outcomes we want from the teacher interaction? Right. Right. And kind of divvying up the work in some ways. And some of that lower level stuff we talked about in the cheese fries episode, you offset to to AI along with your Mm -hmm. attendance, along with the grading. Right. And the assessment that the the teacher does, it's not the teacher's out of the assessment game and assessment. Okay. Sorry. Ed, Ed, you speak word. Might look different. Yeah. 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 Assessment is like, how do you know what students know? Right. And traditionally that's a test. So we give a test. Why do we give a test? We give a test to know if a student has mastered something and knows how to do something or knows this information. Right. So assessment changes, right. Instead of it just being about assessing in those traditional ways, which AI can do better than we can. So we let AI do that type of assessment. The human assessment has to do with what can we see or hear from each individual kid in a very performance-based way, right? So some of the reason that, you know, things like project-based learning or or some of the performance-based stuff has never really fully taken root is really it's an efficiency problem. If you've got a teacher that has 180 kids and they're trying to do effective project-based learning for 180 kids regularly, it's not efficient enough to do that. It's really, really, really challenging. It's not that it can't happen. You and I both have done some PBL stuff in the past and it's worked, but efficiency is real low in that stuff, right? Yeah. Well, and it, it's, you do one, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not your whole 
uh, those you teachers that can day. make it their whole yeah that can make it every day like good for you but like i i just i haven't seen it <laughs> no no it's it taught in like project-based schools yeah yeah and still no it's really hard to efficiently do that but if you were to use something like comigo to 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 shift that dynamic of time yeah. all yeah. of a sudden that becomes a lot more realistic, mm-hmm. right? And you you could start doing mm-hmm. those things and that becomes the role of the teacher. Are those authentic, real connections between the work and what you're doing? I think also what gets interesting is the ability to start breaking down the walls between our areas of study, right? Oh, like juicy. In, I know, I, I'm going to start getting <laughs> wild on you. But like, The reason we have a math classroom, an English classroom, so forth and so on, is not an education thing. It has nothing to do with actual learning or the way the human brain works or anything like that. It literally has to do with the efficiency problem. It's factory. Mm -hmm. It is the Mm -hmm. assembly line model of education that was installed around the same time the assembly line came out. So, and it's the same dudes that came up with it. So that, you know, they, they just ran with the same idea. Yeah. Well, and not, not only horizontally, but vertically too, right? That's right. Like that means mastery-based education yeah. has an opportunity in a real way. That's that right. That it has it before. That's right. That's right. Because you could efficiently do that. I mean, you could, you can imagine having an AI that's trained to, I mean, kind of AI stock kids through their school, right? Like the math teacher knows what you know about math because they're teaching you math and they assess you on math. The English teacher knows what you know about English because they assess you on English and Mm -hmm. they do that with 200 kids. The math teacher does it with their 200 kids. And sometimes it's the same kid in both classrooms, but the math teacher, there's not really an effective way for the math teacher to know what English the kid knows and the English teacher to know what what math the kid knows, right? But an AI sure could. An AI yeah. could stalk that kid through every single subject, class, whatever, and be able to assess based on different criteria. The math that you're doing in your physics class all of a sudden can count towards your math grade mm. in an efficient and effective way, right? Mm-hmm. And you can show mastery over various math concepts while applying that math to very real physics problems that are happening live in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. changing some – That that's – Altering that's altering course. course. That's altering course, right? Like that's, that's now, now, now we're talking about really changing some systems and doing some wild, crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, back to our our original quandary about about filling a teacher's energy bank back up. I get excited when I think about how a teacher's job could change to give them more time to teach the things, to prioritize that like empathy, that human connection, those things that we both know were our favorite parts of teaching, right? Yes, like no we weren't no into teaching history and government so that we could talk about battles and timelines. Like we were into to helping kids discuss bigger questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. The human condition, right? It's all about yeah. the human condition. Um it- and being able to build relationships with kids and connect with kids and have those aha, you know, the, the awesome aha moments. Those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Like oh, all, of those, all of those things that, that feed your teacher's soul, right. Those become the job of the teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Grading is not why anyone got into teaching. There's not a single teacher out there. That's like, you know why I did this so I could sit in a booth on Sundays and grade papers. That is exactly right. <laughs> why I picked this job. 
No, nobody's I pictures really for that. Hope there's an, if there is someone out there that likes that, I want to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Barbie yes. cups in your life, I think. You do. You need friends. Talked about. She's got a whole strategy. She's got a five-part strategy involving <laughs> haikus, <friends>. Barbie parties. <laughs> It works. It works, everyone. (laughs) In our next episodes, our next couple episodes, I'm excited to talk about the things that we can kind of flip the script in terms of what teachers could be prioritizing and should be prioritizing, given this new kind of space that we're in, understanding how important things like ethics and critical thinking and problem solving are and, and ways and kind of dig into ways that we could actually teach some of those things imagination yeah. creativity yeah. like the fun stuff yeah about teaching so i'm excited to explore some of that with you yeah it's gonna be a good time we'll come up with a couple lessons and kick around some grassroots ideas <laughs> about how to use ai to do cool stuff it'll be fun Dope. okay okay love you bro love you too sis bye, bye. And we'll-